The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today. I am going to be talking about wall walking and furniture walking. And this might be a topic or a phrase that you've heard of before, or maybe this is your first time hearing it, but it is very common in the physical therapy world to see someone who is walking while touching walls or walking while touching furniture and refer to that style of walking as wall walking or furniture walking. And while this might feel safe to you because you feel safer when walking while touching walls or furniture, it's actually not ideal. So today I'm going to break down why this is happening, why it's not ideal, and a few different strategies that you can do to improve it. And before we dive into any of that, I think it's really important to ask yourself and others, am I a wall walker? Am I a furniture walker? Do I touch walls when I'm walking? Do I touch furniture when I'm walking? And the reason I ask this of you is because sometimes you might not even know that you are a wall walker or a furniture walker. More times than not, when I have a client who is seeing me in person and I am evaluating their walking, I will observe them touching walls and touching furniture, touching the railing, touching their couch when they're walking. And at the time, I don't say anything, but I'm just observing. And then later on, I will ask them, how is your balance? How is your walking? Hey, do you ever touch walls when you're walking or furniture? And the majority of the time they will say, no, I don't. Even though I had just observed them a few minutes before touching the wall or touching the furniture as they were walking. And so sometimes what happens is our brain senses that we are off balance and or for some reason need more support. So we reach to touch a wall or we reach to touch furniture and we're not even aware of it. So step number one is become aware on if you are a wall walker or a furniture walker. And if you don't know, ask those around you, especially if you live with someone, they will be able to tell you, yes, I've seen you touch walls or yes, I've seen you touch furniture. And also I just want to clarify that when I say touching a wall or touching furniture, it doesn't have to be 100% of the time. I don't mean you're putting your hand on the wall or the couch and you're keeping it there for the entire time that you're walking. It could be that, but it also could just be that you tap the wall every few seconds or maybe every minute, or you tap the couch every few seconds. So it doesn't have to be continuous. It can be continuous 
or sporadic and intermittent. Most of the time that someone is a wall walker or a furniture walker, it actually starts from the way that they are walking inside their home. So you're feeling a little bit more unbalanced, unsteady, or you're feeling like you need a bit more strength. Maybe you're fatigued. And so you just start to touch your wall in your home or your furniture. Maybe as you're walking throughout your home, you might touch the kitchen chair and then you're in the living room and you touch the table that's in the living room. And then you're in the dining room and you touch the wall that's in there. This can feel very safe because when you are in your own home, you typically know where things are. You've likely lived in your home for a while and you know where certain furniture is placed, what furniture will move and what won't move. And so it feels like a safe way to help you get around your home a little bit better and potentially even a little bit quicker. But the reason that wall walking and furniture walking is not ideal is because when you are used to touching walls or furniture, even just inside your home, you are more likely to reach for walls or furniture outside of your home. This might mean literally outside. You might reach for a bench or a tree if you need to touch something or even a human that you're walking with in a friend's home or a family member's home. You might reach for their walls or their furniture. If you're going to an appointment or a grocery store, you might reach for things. And the reason this is a little bit scary from a physical therapist point of view is because when you're not in your own home, more times than not, you don't know how far that thing that you're reaching for is how far away from you it is. So you might go to reach for something and it was a few centimeters further away than you had thought and then you end up falling into it. Or even worse, you end up falling or tripping whereas you wouldn't have fallen or tripped if you hadn't reached for that thing. So reaching for things when we're walking, tapping things with our hands when we're walking can become a very bad habit that then leads to tripping and falls when that wouldn't have happened in the first place. So I want to talk about how to minimize it because there's two things that we need to focus on here. One part is the physical aspect because one reason that you might be feeling like you need to reach for something is because of poor balance or maybe even it's not poor, but it's just less balance than what you're used to having or poor strength. If you're unable to lift your leg as high as you used to walk forward, your brain might be perceiving that as weakness and therefore you need extra assistance. And when your brain feels off balance, unsteady, weak, we do something about it. Our brains do not like to be uncomfortable. They like to be safe. And so they're going to cause you to reach for things. And so if we can work on improving your balance and improving your strength, theoretically, you should also be able to improve your wall walking and your furniture walking. And the second component is mental. Because as I mentioned, this can easily and sneakily become a very bad habit where you don't even realize you're reaching for the wall or reaching for furniture. You just do it. And you're doing it all the time, even when you don't need to. And so we need to break that bad habit, but also improve your confidence that you don't need to reach for the wall. 
wall. And there's a way that we can work on that confidence and the mental components as well. But let's take a step back and go to the balance exercises and strengthening exercises. The best way to do this is in a standing position, specifically when you are in your home and in an area where you typically walk through. So a walkway or a hallway would be a really great location. And you could practice strengthening exercises like standing marching, standing leg kicks, or standing hamstring curls, maybe even some heel raises. Maybe you're putting all of that together and you're practicing a single step forward or an exaggerated walk, maybe one foot and then the other, and you're walking forward with this big exaggerated movement to try to improve the strength in the individual muscles needed to take a step forward and to take multiple steps forward. All of these are listed in my online MS wellness program. So if you're feeling lost and you don't know what these are, they're inside the missing link. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to learn more about it. And same thing for balance. If you want to work on improving your balance, it could be things like staggered stance balance with your right foot forward, but then also with your left foot forward or weight shifting. This is one of my all-time favorites for balance, practicing shifting your weight forward and backwards, and then switch your legs and practice the same thing on the other side in a standing position. And ideally, when you're doing these exercises, if you're able to, you're not going to touch the wall. If you need to touch the wall, then what that means is you should be using some mobility aid, maybe a single trekking pole or a single cane, maybe two trekking poles or two canes. It depends how off balance you feel. But if you are wall walking or furniture walking, typically that happens when you're not using a mobility aid or you're using a single mobility aid, but with your hand that's not using a mobility aid, you're touching the thing, the wall or the furniture. And so typically you're not going to be wall or furniture walking if you're holding onto a rollator because both hands are preoccupied by holding onto the rollator. So when you're working on these strengthening and balance exercises, you can absolutely use a mobility aid, but make sure that you're not touching the wall. If you are, that is just reinforcing feature number two, which is the mindset and the habit. We want to be breaking the habit that we need to touch the wall or touch furniture in order to walk safely. And so if you're able to, you can stand next to the wall or next to the piece of furniture, but try your best not to touch it. Even if that means you're not holding the balance exercises for as long, or you're not lifting your leg as high as you know you could. That's okay. When our focus is reducing wall or furniture walking, you don't have to perform the exercises with these big, grandiose movements. It might be less than that because we're focusing more on not touching and not reaching. Once you have that down, once you've been practicing some strengthening exercises and some balance exercises, and maybe the same single step and exaggerated walking, and maybe even just regular walking close to a wall or close to the piece of furniture, but not touching. The next step, and this is where some of the mental components come in, is to walk or do those exercises a little bit further away from the wall or from the furniture. So if initially you were doing these exercises and you were pretty close, maybe let's say two feet from the wall or two feet from the couch, 
then once you're feeling more confident in your balance and your strength and your walking, that you can do that distance away from the wall or the piece of furniture. Now do the same exercises, but about three or four feet away. And once that gets to be a little bit easier, maybe five or six feet away. And you're slowly working on doing these exercises and doing these movements further and further away from the wall or further and further away from the furniture. And you would be shocked at how scary that might feel. You might not even realize that you have this habit of walking really close to a wall or furniture just in case you can touch it. I can't tell you how many times I'm working with someone in person and I have them walk next to something, next to a wall or a railing, and they walk great. They don't touch it once. But then I have them walk in the middle of the room where there's nothing around. There's no no safety measure in case they feel off balance. And their walking is totally different, not in a good way. And so even if you think you're not a wall walker or a furniture walker, you're really not touching things. And you might truly not be a wall or furniture walker. I would encourage you to see if your walking is any different when you're walking close to furniture or close to a wall versus in the middle of a room where nothing else is around. And if you you do notice a difference. If your walking is a little bit more unsteady when you are walking in the middle of a room, then that might be an indicator that you should be doing these same exercises. And again, you can use a mobility aid. If this all feels way too scary, especially as you work your way further and further away from the wall, it might be too soon for you. You might not have the strength or balance in order to walk away from items without touching them and without using a mobility aid. But again, it's so much safer to use a mobility aid instead of reaching for a wall or a piece of furniture. So if you do feel unsteady walking in the middle of a room or away from furniture, I would highly encourage you to try walking with a single trekking pole or a single mobility aid of any kind, a single cane, because that is going to be safer than reaching for things, especially when you're out of your home. And this doesn't necessarily mean that you will now be dependent on using a mobility aid. The way to make sure that doesn't happen is to use this mobility aid as lightly as possible. Just because you have it in your hand doesn't mean you're going to put 100% of your body weight through the mobility aid. You're going to put as little body weight as possible through the mobility aid, just enough for it to help you feel stable and safe and centered, but not any more than that. So often we have a tendency to put a lot of weight through something that we're holding on to, even though we don't need to put a lot of weight through it. So just be aware of that. And as that improves, then you would work on using these same exercises and walking in the middle of a room with no mobility aid or with a lesser mobility aid or less weight put through the mobility aid. The last thing that I want to touch on is if you feel off balance when you're walking, specifically when someone calls your name 
or if you're in a crowd. And this was actually a question that came up in the Missing Link, my online MS wellness program, recently from one of my Missing Link members. She was sharing with me that anytime she goes to an event, it might be an event at her kid's school, or it might be out in public, outdoors or indoors, or anywhere she knows someone, she gets really thrown off and her walking is awful because as she's walking, people are calling her name. They're saying hello. They want to catch up with her. And she's constantly having to turn her head and look at these people and communicate with them while also focusing on her walking. And that is just too chaotic for her brain. It's too much to focus on and it doesn't go well. Similarly, she was also saying that anytime she's in crowds, she gets really off balance because when you're in a crowd, the speed changes. You might have to walk at a certain speed for a certain amount of time, but then it slows down and then maybe it picks back up. Or maybe you have to step out of the way because someone barged in front of you or something ran beside you. And being able to navigate crowds is a completely different situation. So she asked me this question and I revealed my full answer inside the online wellness program, The Missing Link. But I did just want to give you a teaser of what my answer was, because I think this is a really common situation that people find themselves in. And I want to make sure that you're being safe and that you feel safe and stable when you're walking out in public, whether someone's calling your name or if it's a crowd. So let's start with the situation of if someone is calling your name. Typically, the reason this throws you off balance is because you need to walk while turning your head one way or the other way. And this applies if you're using a mobility aid of any kind or no mobility aid. But there are a few exercises you can do to improve this. First and foremost, the same exercises that we've already talked about, the standing strengthening exercises, standing balance exercises, and standing walking exercises. First, close to a wall or furniture, and then slowly working your way away. But then another exercise that you can do when you're walking more in the middle of the room is having someone call your name. Now, this could be a spouse. It could be a family member or a friend, anyone who's around. I want you to practice walking, again, with or without a mobility aid, whatever is normal for you, and have someone call your name and you turn to look at them. Or they might even not say your name. They might just say right and you turn to look at the right. Then they might say left and you turn to look at the left. Or they might say up and down. But you have someone calling out to you and you have to respond. And we use this as an exercise. If you never practice turning your head while walking, then when you are in a real life situation that requires you to turn your head while walking, it's really going to throw you off balance or it potentially could. So practicing that as an exercise can be extremely helpful. Not only that, taking it a step further, this same missing link member was saying that these people, when she sees them in crowds, are calling out her name and they want to catch up with her. They want to walk and talk at the same time, which is really challenging for her. So 
having a spouse or a family member or friend standing next to you and walking next to you while talking to you. And you need to talk back to them. This was one of my favorite exercises to do with my clients in the PT clinic. And I still do this when I'm working with clients in their home. We'll walk next to each other and we have a conversation. And from the outside perspective, it might not seem like we're doing much, but what we are actually practicing is improving your strength and your coordination and your ability to walk while having a conversation with someone. And those of you who know that this is challenging for you immediately understand what I'm talking about. So that's another version of this exercise you could practice. And the last exercise that I want to mention that can help in all of these situations, but especially if you are in crowds where there's changing speeds, changing directions, is to practice walking in your home or outside of your home with a man-made obstacle course. And so just to give you an idea, when I was working in the physical therapy clinic, I had lots of tools that I could use, including things like the blue foam pad, which is called the Airx, or cones, or half round balls that are really small, or the BOSU ball, which is round on the top, but flat on the other side. We would have so many different obstacles that you could step over or step on, step around. And what we would do is I would set these obstacles up in a specific pathway that made my patient walk over them and then maybe turn to the side and step over, then turn to the other side and step over and walk around. It was constant changing of direction. And then I would also call out, go a little bit faster, go a little bit slower. So they were also changing speed. And again, the idea here is we are trying to replicate real life situations. The more we can do that in our exercise practice, the more likely it will carry over into real life. And by the way, I answer Missing Link member questions like this all the time inside the Missing Link. I actually go live in there every single week in our accountability group and answer any questions that pop up. And we have a monthly live Q&A check-in call right on Zoom where I answer everyone's questions. And because it's on Zoom, they get to see me, I get to see you. And it's always my favorite event that we have in the Missing Link every month. So if you do have personalized questions like this example that I just gave you, consider joining us inside my online MS wellness program. It's just one of the many features where you get to feel that personalized attention in a group setting and get your questions answered. If you don't know what the missing link is, I will put a link down in the show notes and you can get a behind the scenes sneak peek of what is inside and overall just learn to see if it's a good fit for you or not. I hope you found this episode on wall walking and furniture walking helpful. Again, this is helpful for people who use mobility aids or don't use mobility aids. And overall with these exercises, you should feel more stable and balanced when walking. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. 
If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.